Well, you certainly know how to compliment a woman. Well, if you'll excuse me. Do you know who I am? No, I, I can't say that I do. I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. Really? People know me. Well, I'm very happy for you. is Friday Game Changers, taking your business to the next level. Coming up on Kizzy's Friday Game Changers. Okay, I don't think I'm, I'm totally against the tide all the time, but yeah, there's always opportunity elsewhere. Um, there's always something else to do, and I'm not much of a, you know, I don't, I don't buy into groupthink or, um, you know, follow all the industry reports about what you should be doing and things like that. Um, I do what we think is right and what we can see is right from our data. And also, you got to back yourself at the end of the day. Um, back your data, back what you can see, and back what you think. If everyone else thinks differently, that's that's not your problem. Hi, I'm Dr. John Demartini, and you are listening to Kizzy's Friday's Game Changer. Welcome to Kizzy's Friday Game Changers with your host, Kizzy Quatcher. A show for innovators and motivators, people just like you. Kizzy is the publisher of Business Game Changer magazine, editor of the successful Woman in Business book series and the best-selling Every Entrepreneur's Guide series. Every week, Kizzy and his guests provide you with the tools you need to take your game-changing business to the next level. Listen, learn and innovate. Now meet your host, your mentor and your fellow game changer, Kizzy Quatcher. Hello and welcome to Kizzy's Friday Game Changers. My guest this week is business game changer Ben Harper, founder of Clarity Stack. Now, Ben is an entrepreneur, uh, an author, public speaker and business owner with a clear focus on digital and data. He's also the founder of fast-growing software as a service company, Clarity Stack. Now, Clarity Stack makes a difference to organizations by providing data and insight services from its three offices, including two in the UK and one in Florida. In just a few minutes, I'll be talking to Ben Harper to uncover his secrets of game-changing business success. It's Friday. I'm Kizzy, and this book well, is Kizzy's Friday Game Changers. Listen, learn, and innovate. I am Andrew Komonos, sales and performance strategist, and this is Kizzy's Friday Game Changers, the world's number one podcast experience. Welcome to the show. This week, I have the privilege of spending some time with my friend Ben Harper, founder of software as a service company, Clarity Stack. Now, after graduating from Queen Mary University of London, Ben joined the police as an intelligence analyst working on organized crime gangs and major cases. Now, this helped him develop skills and experience in a variety of analytical, marketing and management roles. Ben then went on to form his first company, Datify, a data-driven digital marketing agency, which was acquired in 2017 and in 2018, 
I said, I wanted a drum roll here, but I think they gave me a sausage roll, so I'm going to eat this and uh, continue. In 2018, he went on to create Clarity Stack. But before we dive into this week's conversation, I want to remind you that Business Game Changer magazine is producing its groundbreaking end-of-year showcase celebrating the most innovative and inspiring business game changers. Should you be included in the spotlight? To find out more about the top 10 business game changers 2022, email we are game changers at outlook.com. Did I just one more time? Is we are game changers at outlook.com. That's it. Enough of the public service announcements. Let's change some lives. Ben, it's amazing to have you join me. Thank you. Thanks for having me. The pleasure is all mine. I was so fascinated when I found out about your background. I'm going to ask the first and probably the most obvious question. How in hell did you go from working as an intelligence analyst targeting organized crime gangs to founding a data and insight business? Yeah, a bit of a journey. <laughs> um, and yeah, people, I guess that a lot. Um, I, I love being an intelligence analyst. It was great being in the police and working on organized crime, understanding... Um, you know, what made those networks tick and what kind of made people make the decisions they do. Um, I moved out of there because there's not that much money in kind of the police, ultimately, for me. But um, looking at organised crime and analysing businesses is kind of the same thing and sometimes kind of the same people. Um, so kind of fell into more of the business an analysis kind of world, um, which led to me creating the businesses that I've created. So it's taking the skills from there and applying them to something else. Right. So I guess you had these transferable skills in the first place then? I guess so. I guess so. Um, I, I did a history degree at uni and that kind of, again, doesn't seem relevant to anything at all. But that's all about analysing why someone's saying something, why something's written in a certain way. Um, and kind of that critical thought. That's kind of, that's all it is really. Amazing. That, that's, a, that's an ability that many of us um, wish we had, honestly. Um, I was just wonder, wondering to myself, what were the most challenging obstacles you faced when getting Clarity Stack off the ground, and how did you overcome them? Um, I think I think it was um, a couple. There's a few in, in, in reality. One would be um, talent. It's finding when you're a brand new startup and it's just you in a room. It's persuading the first few people to come and risk their livelihoods on coming to work for you. Um, it's kind of a hard thing. Um, luckily found a couple of really good people early on who have stuck with us for most of the journey or all of the journey um, but persuading them at first to leave kind of stable jobs for something else was hard I think having done a company before and having had that acquired and kind of having that backstory helped um, whereas if I hadn't then it probably would have been a little bit harder to kind of make them believe in me um, so that was a big challenge but then also as with every business it's, it's getting to that point of what is the product we need to be able to scale because the first version was, wasn't great. You know, we, we made it off a spreadsheet. Um, but it's then building that and building that. And at what point can you go to market? And kind of what we kind of always have done is trust that kind of lean startup methodology and that kind of data-led approach to go, what, what's the market saying? What are people saying about what we're doing? Just put it out there and see. Um, and kind of developing from there as we went. Um, so it's a very much test and learn kind of approach. Um, it's kind of seen us seen us right so far. Well, I see. And, and it's interesting you said that talent was one of your first major obstacles. Um, so when it came to dealing with this issue, did you find that you were hiring people based on their um, their knowledge and abilities, or was it more to do with their attitude? Uh, we always hire more for kind of attitude, um, cultural fit, um, people who want to kind of be here, want to make a difference. Um, if they've already got the knowledge as well, bonus. 
if not if they want to learn that's that's the main thing and you mentioned cultural fit how, how would you describe your your company culture um we're very transparent we're very um driven we're very kind of growth orientated um so it's about wanting to put the graft into to make a difference and kind of help our customers and help us get where we need to be so it's more about having that kind of cultural attitude i would say okay that makes sense um you, i know you said that you help your customers i'm wondering who your customers are who do you focus on when it comes to targeting your ideal businesses who are they so the first couple of years it was very much um we only work in b2b but it's very much um business owners or kind of marketing directors in the creative agency web branding video kind of space um and that's mainly because of my previous company that you mentioned that we that was acquired that's kind of what we knew that's what we were good at um so we we got um customers and case studies there really quickly and that's kind of where we naturally we were best at my cto for example used to be a mobile app development agency previously as well um since then as our platforms kind of developed we've branched out a bit more so our, our icp now is sales directors vp of sales head of business developments any kind of sales or marketing leader in a b2b role in the uk or the us basically so it's a bit broader than it used to be um but yeah that's kind of our, our key market at the moment and how it's developed i get the feeling that clarity stack is um it's constantly evolving and the clarity stack that we are aware of today may be very different to the organization that we encounter in 10 years time. Uh, have you got an overall plan of what you want to do with a business or are you being more adaptable to circumstances as, as situations change? We've got, a, we've got a vision and a direction, but we are things to help um, other businesses sell better and make more money. That's kind of our, our guiding North star, I suppose. Um, but within that, we're very adaptable as to what the data shows us and what the market's showing us as to which direction we should go in at any one time to kind of achieve that. Um, so originally we started out as a as pure um, like insight-based, and then we went to more um, warm lead generation-based, and now we've gone, now we're ready. We've launched our, our full tech platform, which allows people to um, kind of have the best of both worlds and have an all-encompassing sales tool, which allows them to find prospects for outbound prospecting, find insights to help them know um why to contact someone and when and warm leads as well if they want so it's kind of all in one place um but yeah you're right we'll we'll keep adapting we'll keep adding we'll keep changing um based on what we feel is right to help people be as successful as possible very wise words um i'm, I'm also thinking to myself that your business must be so directly affected by the evolution of ai um, because a lot of what a lot of things that we take for granted now um, that AI does was probably done by human beings, maybe not, maybe just ten years ago. How has AI affected your business? Yeah, we've been on the exact same journey over the last three or four years, to be honest. That we had a, a very much a manual service element team who were doing um, a lot of the work behind the scenes physically um, as we've developed our AR models. So we've got a team of developers here in Peterborough. Uh, and some guys in the Philippines that are kind of developing our AI models all the time based off what those people have been doing. Um, and that's the only way we can scale. We have to have, use more and more AI to identify what a business is doing, what that means, why you might want to prospect to them, all that sort of stuff or at scale. We've, I think we've got something like 
um, 20 million businesses that we're tracking at the moment, something like that. Um, so you, you just can't do that without AI. So it's it's great for us. That's brilliant, isn't it? Because uh, you talk to a lot of business owners and you mention AI and they start crossing themselves as though, you know, you're talking about something that's going to suck the life out of their business. But it looks, it sounds as though you've actually embraced AI and you're making it work for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we do. Um, we describe ourselves as an AI-powered sales platform these days um, because we are. That's, that's the engine behind what we're doing. That's the engine behind our product. Um, so yeah, we very much embrace it and glad that we can work with it. But you're not a coder as such. You're not a, a, a somebody who sits there writing lines of code, are you? No, I can't code at all. Well, well I can understand some HTML and things like that, but no. Um, I can I can string together a website on WordPress and things like that, but no, I'm not a coder. Um, I've got a very good tech team here um, that I trust and rely on. Um, I'm hopefully a good enough manager to be able to delegate and, you know, delegate responsibility where it's not in my own expertise. I've got this vision of you walking into the office on Monday morning and going to the tech department and saying, hey, guys, I've had a great idea. And they'll say, oh, no, what is it, it now? Goes. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much what happens, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> You've got to do it, keep them on their, on their toes. Um, <laughs> now, your business recently raised $1.87 million, uh, funding um, in order to scale globally. Now, this is a really general phrase, scale globally. Are there any regions in particular that you're interested in, in developing for Clarity Stack? Yes. Yeah, so, so with the funding, as well as obviously developing our product more, we have um, launched into um, Miami. So we've got a Florida office now. Um, we've got a team over there who are selling the product for us. Um, we... Before that, about 40% of our clients were in the States anyway, just naturally, but with no sales, no customer success representatives on their time zone. Um, so we, you know, we decided we need to take that seriously and kind of get over there. Um, so we've had a really good team in the States. Beyond that, we'll probably go West Coast in the States next, and then we'll stick to kind of English language markets at first, because that's a lot easier with our tech without rewriting everything in multiple languages. So we'll go to Australia, we'll go to South Africa, we'll go to Canada um, in the next couple of years. But for now, our kind of focus is on keeping establishing ourselves in the UK and then trying to break the States um, because we find the US market more receptive to a kind of sales tool than the UK in terms of just a bit more sales driven. They see sales more of a, as more of a career. So they're more open to using this kind of tool. Um, so yeah, that's kind of our, our rough geographical plan right now. Sounds really exciting. And I know that if you're dealing with companies like uh, countries like the States, it's really important to have a physical representatives there because they understand the culture more. And of course, there is that time difference as well that you've got to try and juggle. So I guess if you really are serious about making an impact in any particular region, you really need to be there. Yeah, exactly. It's a lot easier to break the ice if you know what's going on. Like if you're in a company from... LA, you want to be able to say, oh, did you see what LeBron did last night in the basketball game? Whatever, you you need to know and kind of have those cultural references and those points you can talk about um, that it's just hard to do from without knowing the country and without being on the ground there. Um, and just there's been so many things in terms of US business culture and US sales culture that we just didn't know until we got a team there. Um, so I think, yeah, you at least need some sort of presence in those markets to, to really understand them. But doesn't that then mean that you're going to have to really keep an eye on developments in these regions? Because uh, we've all seen what's happened in the United States politically, um, where they've had change of leadership and now they've got uh, there's a possibility that um, Trump could be running again. Do, do all these things affect you? Do these keep you? Does this, does this keep you awake at night? Um, 
No, nothing keeps me awake at night, if I'm really honest. I sleep like a baby still. But um, <laughs> no, no we, we keep an eye on everything, obviously. Um, we've got a chief insight officer here whose job is to keep an eye on all those sorts of things for us. Generally, we're not heavily market affected or recession affected generally and things like that because you know, at the end of the day, people always need sales. The way you get out of trouble or the way you get out of a problem is you make more sales. Um, so, that, for example, even COVID was probably on the balance of things positive for us because people needed to spend money to find more customers to get themselves out of the problems they were having in, in some sectors. Um, so yeah, we keep an eye on it. We monitor it, but generally unless something really, really catastrophic happens, um, it doesn't affect us too much yet. I'm touching wood as I say that. Touch wood. You never know, but I yeah. think I've just come up with a slogan for clarity stack. You want to get out of trouble, make more sales. How's that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll send it to my marketing team. They're looking for yeah. new, uh, new slogans for our new t-shirts as we speak. So, and you can have that for only 10% of all Thanks. future earnings. <laughs> oh, it was worth a try, wasn't it? Worth a go, yeah. <laughs> worth a go. Oh, well, uh, I think we can all relate to that, Ben. We've got to keep an eye on what's going on, but we can't be obsessed too much with things that we can't change. Let's hold that thought. We're going to take a quick music break and come back to our conversation in just a few minutes. Now, this week's incredibly talented entrepreneur, this week's boss star is Noel Dennis. Now, Noel's a professional jazz musician and MBA course leader at Teesside University. Now, Noel uses music to offer an, an alternative approach to business education, specifically strategic management, entrepreneurship and leadership through jazz improvisation. Yeah, jazz improvisation. Doesn't that sound amazing? Well, here he is performing with Zoe Gilby and this track's called, what's it called? Ah, oh, it's called Midnight, oh, Midnight Bell. This is great. Have a listen. Stories only she can tell Overgrown with objet d'art Shelves of junk from lands afar The polished wood and the cigarette smoke The loyal friend to the regular folk Listen to the midnight bell Open the doors to this wishing well Glasses raised Spirits high Conversations They never run dry Here in the midnight bell A home from home For the clientele Ladies of the night Shall rest A fire warms The notorious guest Passions poured into The usual glass The cheap desires Of the working class Listen to the midnight bell Forgotten stories only she can tell I'm Tris Dyson, I'm the Executive Director of Nesta Challenges and you're listening to Kizzy's Friday Game Changers.
forgotten stories only she can tell Overgrown with objets d'art Shelves of junk from lands afar Get in touch with Kizzy's Friday Game Changers by emailing FridayGameChangers at email.com and follow us on Twitter by searching for Kizzy's Friday Game Changers. Open the doors to this wishing well Glasses raised Spirits high Conversations they never run dry Here in the midnight Home from home for the clientele Ladies of the night shall rest A fire warms the notorious guest Passions poured into the usual glass The cheap desires of the working class Listen to the midnight bell Forgotten stories only she can tell Kizzy's Friday Game Changers presents the best of the rest. Podcast shows you have to know. Hi there, my name's Hugh Morgan and I'm an employee engagement expert and the host of a new comms and engagement podcast called Delete, Delete, Engage. Why Delete, Delete, Engage? Well, the podcast addresses one of the biggest challenges facing businesses today. Two-thirds of comms at work are deleted as soon as they hit the inbox, which is impacting business, culture and the bottom line. To address this huge business challenge, I'm getting together with some of the world's most innovative and influential comms and engagement thought leaders to stress test, future-proof and rethink engagement at work. The Delete Delete Engage podcast launched in June and episode one featured former Twitter vice president and workplace culture expert Bruce Daisley. Having headed up Twitter in Europe and YouTube in the UK, Bruce has a deep knowledge of the tech industry and shares his views on everything from why tech engineers are the absolute masters of presentations to the underlying intent of the Netflix culture document. He also argues that gravitas amongst leaders doesn't come naturally, purpose is a corporate construct, and he thinks employee resilience is a toxic myth. My guest for episode two was chairman of Six Nations Rugby, Ronan Dunn, who had previously been CEO of O2 in the UK and Verizon Consumer Group in the US. During our chat, Ronan refers to his role as a leader, as part cheerleader, part storyteller. And he talks about things like the importance of authenticity and vulnerability in leadership comms. He tackles the close link between leadership and sport. And he regales how he handled the comms grilling from Sky News K. Burley during a crisis when his job was on the line. Then my guest for episode three is the Chief Communications and Corporate Affairs Officer at Virgin Media O2, Nicola Green. And my chat with Nicola covers things like her passion for raising awareness around invisible illness, why diversity, equity and inclusion comms keeps her up at night, the importance of campaigning for women in comms and PR, how she handled engagement during a merger, and the benefits of employing humour and agility in social media comms during a crisis. 
As well as chatting to comms big hitters and business leaders, I'll also be chewing the fat with marketing creatives, behavioural experts, influencers, analysts, pulse checkers and culture champions to get their perspective on how we can take engagement at work to the next level. For example, I'm chatting to Lloyd's Banking Group's future of work expert, Tom Kogodi, to talk about engaging and connecting a large, diverse workforce who are working from either a hub, a home or constantly on the move. I like to describe Delete, Delete, Engage as the podcast for anyone who wants to up their influence, get on and engage with more impact in the workplace. Listeners can find the podcast on most of the major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Amazon Music. For early access to each new episode, listeners can also sign up to the newsletter at deletedeleteengage.substack.com. Thanks so much for featuring the podcast on the show. Please do tune in. Thank you. Welcome back. Before the break, you're listening to Dr. Noel Dennis, a principal lecturer and course leader for the MBA at Teesside University Business School. And that track was called Seven Midnight Bell. It's a really great track, actually. I might just buy that and uh, listen to it again. Um, I'm in the studio talking to Ben Harper, founder of Clarity Stack. Now, Ben, you're one of the um, successful business people we showcased in the book, The Game Changers Handbook. And I've got to say, I loved your chapter on how you quadruple not just grew, but quadrupled your business during a global pandemic. While lots of people were trying to struggle with the demands of the, of the pandemic, it seems you weren't just able to survive, but you thrived. How did you make that happen? Um, yeah, very much so. It was it was an interesting time, as it was for everyone. Um, we, I think it was about February 2020, just before the first proper lockdown in the March, we'd just taken on a whole new sales team. Um, obviously not seeing the pandemic coming at that point. Um, so obviously when, when, it, when it struck, we were obviously worried. Um, would people still buy with us? Would, would our team work effectively from home? You know, all the same worries everyone else had, ultimately. Um, there's a few things we did to kind of um, make it work. One thing was we, we instantly, instantly went global. We, we looked and saw that, for example, the US wasn't um, locking down. They weren't really changing anything. They were kind of taking its business as normal as much as possible in most states anyway. Um, so we made sure that our product was available in the States, even though we couldn't go and get a team there straight away. We, we started selling to the States from the UK, um, which gave us a lot more um, opportunity. Um, and I think the main thing was culturally, we just kind of took an approach of, you know, just keep selling. And so that's a fact of life. Um, you know, look at now, like the inflation's crazy and everything's changing all the time here. But we just saw that having a positive attitude and believing that we could hit our targets meant that we would and we could and we did. Um, I think there's a few things like that, but also um, we were lucky in that in terms of as a sales slash business development tool, you couldn't really spend your money as a business on um, conferences or events or networking or a lot of things you might have done before. So people were more willing to have a conversation and try something digital like us instead because there's nowhere else to sell their money. There's nowhere else they could try. Um, so that really helped us, particularly at the start of lockdown, as people started getting their their bounce back loans and all the kind of financial support that was there at the start, people were a lot more willing to kind of spend and try things. Tailed off a bit towards the end of it as people kind of ran out of money a bit more. Um, but particularly at the start of lockdown, it, it really, really helped us from that point of view. Wow, that's amazing. Um, where When a lot of people are thinking they've got to batten down their hatches and, you know, start restricting on what they're spending money on, you notice that there was an opportunity and rather than keeping all your eggs in one basket, you diversified and you grew. Yeah, exactly. We're, we've never taken the approach of let's just wait it out and see. It's always been a let's 
take this risk and try to try and pull away through this a different way. Um, that's kind of the approach I've always taken. Um, but we do it backed up by data. We're not just completely guessing. There's obviously an element of risk and a bit of a gamble in everything you do, but we're backing ourselves up with, with data that we can see. Um, so we went into it confident. We always test things small and then we, and we double down on them if they work. So, yeah. That's an interesting business philosophy, isn't it, that you've got there? Because it sounds as though what you do is you try to swim against the tide. If everyone's going one direction, you try to figure out how to make going the opposite direction profitable. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I don't think I'm, I'm totally against the tide all the time, but, yeah, there's always opportunity elsewhere. Um, there's always something else to do, and I'm not much of a – you know, I don't, I don't buy into groupthink or, um, you know, follow all the industry reports about what you should be doing and things like that. Um, I do what we think is right and what we can see is right from our data um, rather than relying on everyone else. That's, you know, everyone can't be successful. So the ones that do things differently are normally the ones that are. I'm going to write that one down and keep that on my computer as a reminder. That's very, very interesting and something I need, I think we all need to get our head around. You know, sometimes you have to go against the tide. Sometimes you have to just trust your instincts. And of course, if you've got data to back it up, then the chances are you're not going to go too far wrong, are you? No, exactly. Exactly. You've got to back yourself at the end of the day. Um, Back your data, back what you can see and back what you think. If everyone else thinks differently, that's that's not your problem, ultimately. Brilliant. I like that. Um, okay, now we're at the part of the show that uh, we call the past, present, and future. Now, the idea is really simple. I ask you three easy questions, three harmlessly easy questions that will hopefully give us a unique insight into the mind of game changer Ben Harper. Will you submit to the program? <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> I get the feeling that you've got your hand on the door and you're just, <laughs> you're saying that. <laughs> Not quite. We'll see. We'll see what the questions are. Okay. All right. This is going to be great. Honestly, we're going to have a lot of fun with this. Um, uh, you've got to imagine that you can hear a clock ticking in the background. That's the sound of time passing by second after second. Now, imagine yourself traveling back in time to meet the young Ben Harper just starting out on his game-changing business journey. Now, Ben asks you for advice. In order to become a successful businessman, Ben wants you to tell him one thing he must always do in business and and also one thing he must never do in business. What do you tell him? I would say always under-promise and over-deliver, always. Um, so do more than you say you're going to do. Always see you right whether you're in a job, whether you're in business, whatever you're doing. And what you should never do, um, I would say probably one area, especially earlier on in my career that I fell down more, is, is trusting people's judgment more than you should. Um, so similar to the previous point in terms of listening to what everyone says, kind of following the tide too much, don't do that. Making sure you're doing what you think is right all the time. That makes a lot of sense because for a lot of business people, it's so easy to just get carried along with other people's opinions of what you should be doing. And then you, after a while, you look back and you think, this isn't what I wanted to do. I, I had completely different ideas of what I wanted to do with my life and my business. Exactly. It's your destiny at the end of the day. Um, and there's a lot of people out there who will try and hoodwink you into things or promise you the world to help your business or to be a part of your business, all those sort of things. And it's, it's kind of weeding those people out as well. Kind of seeing who's who's credible and who's not. It's interesting you say that you've always got to 
under promise and over deliver because again that goes against the tide doesn't it because most businesses think that they can become successful by over promising just to get the business and then figuring out how they can deliver half of what they promised in in the time that they that they guaranteed yeah exactly it always gets found out doesn't it you always see, you can see it um on our business gets measured on um Retention rate, how many clients go on to spend with us again and again. Um, you can see it quite clearly if there's something going wrong in that regard. Hmm. I like it. We are, that's, that's the way we should be doing business. Um, okay, that's the past taken care of. Let's go into the present. When things don't go as well as planned and you need to stay focused, what do you do? Um, I like to get away from my laptop if I can. Um, so we're very lucky in that our HQ is in a old, um, historic listed mill, um, on a river in the countryside. So for me, it's like go outside, walk around for a bit. Um, and kind of, you get a bit of perspective, just being away from screens, being away from your phone, um, and having kind of that headspace to actually think about things that always helps. Um, and that's been kind of what we've always done in our business, even back in the very early days when we're right in the center of the city, me and my um, chief operating officer, every time something went wrong, we'd, just, we'd go outside, we'd go for a walk for half an hour, like walk it off, <laughs> chat about it, walk it off, and then come back. And that kind of helps a lot, I think, to put things, clear your mind, put things into perspective. <laughs> Amazing you should say that, because um, uh, we used to do this, well, we used to do the same thing whenever things didn't go exactly the way we wanted it to. We used to call it a walk and talk. We'll just go for a long walk and we'll talk. And usually by the time you get back, you've kind of figured out what the solution is. Yeah, exactly. Especially here, there's kind of a, a set loop you can walk, which is quite nice. And kind of, you know where you are on the walk and where you need to get to in your mind by the time you get back. What does success mean to you? Um, in the future, to me, it's, um, but we've got investors now, as you've mentioned. So we've got to kind of, kind of hit our, our goals. We've got a certain annual recurring revenue we need to achieve in the next few years. Um, I think this business, um, in an ideal world for me, success would be this is my last big business and kind of the one that, you know, after this, I'd like to not have to do another one if I, if I don't have to and be able to invest and kind of have that freedom. Um, so for me, it's about taking everyone on the journey um, and getting everyone to be successful. Um, I think actually the key indicator for me, probably actually thinking about it, would be in my last business when we required only me and my co-founder had shares, whereas this time pretty much the whole business has shares in place. Everyone's bought in, everyone's got, skin in the game um, and I want to sell one day or IPO one day for enough money that everyone makes a significant amount of money that kind of changes their lives. I think that would be, that would be successful to me. I like it. It sounds as though um, what you do for yourself, you take with you, but what you do for others, you leave behind. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that'd be, there'd be nothing better than seeing everyone what they're able to do off the back of this if we get where we need to be very wise i like that that's something that we should all bear in mind because um quite often it's so easy to get caught up in the day-to-day -day, um challenges that we're facing and we just kind of take our eyes off the bigger picture and if we do that too often we end up in a place that we'd never never really planned for but i guess you've kind of figured out um how to handle that yeah hopefully yeah and having, having that share scheme kind of really helps Focus everything, I think, for everyone as well. Everyone's bought into every metric. They're not just thinking about their own team. They're not just thinking about themselves. They're thinking about how does this affect the business um, and how does this affect 
our futures. So, yeah, I think that definitely helps. Talking about futures, let's go into the future. I suspect I know the answer to this question already because I can see you sitting um, somewhere by the river with your laptop playing Tomb Raider and ignoring the rest of the world. But I'm going to ask you anyway. Let's go 20 years from now, Ben. Um, where will you be in 20 years' time and what will you be doing? Uh, hopefully, in an ideal world, I'm on a yacht in Nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> chilling and looking at my investments and seeing how they're doing and doing your call here and there to give some advice to the next version of me who's doing the next crazy thing um and i can be involved from that point of view but from a more relaxed perspective i would say <laughs> do you know what that is the perfect solution um make the money now enjoy and, and stop so that you can actually enjoy the money you've made not just for yourself but also the money you've helped other people make as well and probably and spend some time with the people that matter to you i guess yeah, exactly. Exactly. Exactly that. Um, I've got young kids, so, you know, I don't want to be doing this forever and ever. So, yeah. And just for the record, you, you, I, can't, I can't see you playing Tomb Raider anymore. <laughs> no, I've no, played Tomb Raider since I was um, 10. So, yeah, no, probably not. I don't really have the time. Um, <laughs> so, no, not really. Okay, well, there's still time. There's still time. Talking about time, I think we've run over our time that uh, we had for this conversation. Um, just before we wrap up, is there anybody listening to our conversation today that you'd like to say hello to, Ben? Uh, shout out to the marketing team here at Clarity Stack for kind of setting this up and other um, all the awards are getting us put up for at the moment as well. Um, they'll be listening to this and hopefully taking some some good snippets, some good uh, info and a new T-shirt logo. So, yeah shout out to those guys fantastic well you've done it ben it's been an incredibly inspiring insightful and thought-provoking conversation we've got to do this again very very soon thank you so much for sharing your insight and your wisdom on kids friday game changers thanks for having me appreciate it well ben's incredibly inspiring story is a great reminder that change is the law of life and those of us who look only to the past or present are definitely going to miss the future. And the most successful people like Ben are those who accept and adapt to constant change. This adaptability requires a degree of flexibility and humility that most people can't manage. This is a lesson that game changers like Ben Harper are teaching us every day. Listen, learn and innovate. Playing us out is 33-year-old Ghanaian entrepreneur Kenneth Hafiano. Now, Kenneth is the founder of Zabifa, an ethical fashion brand based in Ho, Volta Region, Ghana. When Kenneth's not training people in the fine art of batik, he's also, I'm sure you'll agree, a very, very talented musician. Here he is performing Believe in You. See you next week. They don't wanna believe in me How can I believe in them? They don't wanna believe in me How can I believe in them? You don't wanna believe in me How can I believe in you? You don't wanna believe in me How can I believe in you? You don't wanna believe in me How can I believe in you? You don't wanna believe in my dreams how can I believe in your dreams? Yeah, 
connais mes amis, mes ennemis. Je connais tous ceux qui m'apprécient, je connais qui ma vie. Agbia me fait n'yawe n'yare kamoulio Yeta me soisi de tonu le ponu bebe de ka Bella tu me karo ma ounye jipe na Dema, 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 hey Ela va wena mbere ka Ela va wena mbere ka Me kare ma ou jipe da Dema, 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 hey Ela va wena mbere ka Ela va wena mbere ka a journey of a thousand miles begin with a step So get up, stand up, do something best for yourself You can't sit always and be asking for a help Man put it on your knees, forgot to put it on your head Believe in yourself and say that you can't Believe in yourself and say that you can't Believe in yourself and say that you can't We're going straight to the top They don't wanna believe in me How can I believe in them? They don't wanna believe in me can I believe in them? You don't wanna believe in me. How can I believe in you? You don't wanna believe in me. How can I believe in you? You don't wanna believe in me. How can I believe in you? You don't wanna believe in my dreams. How can I believe in your dreams? I'm Kate Bell, founder of Zip Us In, and I love listening to Kizzy's Friday Game Changers. They don't want to believe in me. How can I believe in them? You don't want to believe in me. How can I believe in you? You don't want to believe in me. How can I believe in you? You don't want to believe in me. How can I believe in you? You don't want to believe in my dreams. How can I believe in your dreams? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah.